Yes, people, what's going on? It's episode 287 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? It's Sunday, the 31st of July, 2022, and it's come home. It's only going to come home. England. Ladies. <laughs> As Bill Burr would say, ladies. Um, yeah. England's uh, women have won the Euros. And congratulations to them. Uh, with no black people in the starting eleven, in the in the, in the squad, I think there was I think there's three non-white players. Um, so that's the car. I think there's three non-white players. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's England. They um, they won. It's funny though because like. You know, when, when there are non-white players in the England team, in the men's team, it's a big cry of, ah, these guys should play for African and Caribbean countries, man. That's who they should play for. And uh, now the women's England team is so white, people are like, where, where, where are all the, um, where's all the black and brown players? <laughs> like, you can't have it both ways, people. You can't have it both ways. And, jeez, uh, they won. That ain't good for diversity. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but no, well played, fair play. Sir. But no, but the question about diversity in the women's game, though, is, um, is interesting. Heard someone um, give a theory uh, or explanation. It made sense to me that actually, although football men's football is a working class game women's football is actually a middle class game in the sense that here it goes and it makes a lot of sense sports where you don't make a lot of money from and are expensive to play don't tend to attract your working class people yeah so your games like tennis uh, cricket rugby you know where you know, the, uh, the institutes that are good at the sport tend to have money. You need to have money to be a part of those institutes. So, for example, private schools tend to be very good at rugby. Your boarding schools and, you know, your public schools. Those guys tend to be quite good at rugby. Rugger. You ever heard, of, like, an England rugby player get interviewed after a game? They've got the RP. They've got the received pronunciation. They're pretty well spoken, you know, and they, they might be rugger lads, but they, you can tell that they've gone to a good university and that's how they talk. And, you know, I thought you played really well today. You know, they, they've got that, you know, they, they, they've been, uh, they've, they've had money spent on their education. And you see when a rugby player stops playing rugby, what they do after, like, end up going work for like Goldman Sachs and stuff. It's like, this is what I would have done if I didn't become an international rugby player. Um... And from what I've been told with women's football, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to actually play in the sense of the subs. Like I forget, I play football. When I play football, I've had to pay subs, but it's not expensive. Um, but yeah, but if there's fewer games, fewer teams, then you have to pay more for league fees and uh, pitch hire and stuff. So that's one element of it. Two, where the teams are based, they don't have many inner city um kind of development leagues teams in development like development teams um 
so again it's that kind of not even the grassroots but it's the rung below professional you know the feeder clubs where where are they getting these players from they're not, they're not in the areas where black and brown people are so where they've tried to professionalize the game and put money into the game i guess hand in hand with that is required people to play who are playing the game to put money into it as well to kind of elevate the levels i suppose um the money yeah the money i guess hasn't trickled down um as it does in the men's football so but another thing i've heard though from reading is that you know there's actually a lot of black and brown girls playing football at, um you know teenage so maybe the next gen who come through will be will be more black and brown we'll see we'll see but that aside england won i watched the final um it's the second game i watched in in the big chunk of things and yeah yeah fair play fair play. just think when the pundit said to the about at half time what co- good coaches do create narratives but i think that's sport right that's all you need in sport is a narrative i can pretty much watch any sport if you give me the narrative you give me the backing story of what is happening in this game then i could be yeah you can i'll watch it, you could have a completely made up game that i've never seen before right but if you tell me yeah so these this is number team one and team number two whoever wins this wins the league i'm like i'm watching this i need to see who wins the league because again the what the hell is a league it's just it's made up stuff it's just narrative whoever wins this game is the best team at this game what well, then i've got to watch this team has never beaten this team on a Sunday. Whenever they played on a Sunday, they've never beaten them at home. Whoa, then I'm watching to see if this happens. Just create a narrative. And uh, with this, it's, you know, again, it's England. It's in Wembley. It's against the Gerbids. Um, England women said, I think they ever won a major uh, trophy. And then England, as football men and women, haven't won a major trophy since 66. So... There it is. It's all written there. Almost a year after the men's team are at Wembley in the Euros final. The ladies are here as well. And there you go. They've gone and done it. So well done. Uh, what else has been going on this week? Um, I took my daughter to some kids' theatre thing in, in Southgate uh, today. Flipping crazy. Very hard to concentrate. It was just a lot of lights and noise. Even Zadie sat there like, what the hell is happening? Sensory overload. Um, she didn't quite get into it at first. Um, and in the first session, she's wanted to climb stairs when there was actually a whole shadow puppet show going on. Second session, they were playing music. Uh, she just wanted to climb on a crash mat. And then the third session, we was back in the main room where they were putting on the show. That's when she started watching and singing along and started clapping her hands. But yeah. That's what we did today. Uh, Sunday, Saturday. What I do? Saturday. Oh, it was my brothers and my sister-in-law's wedding anniversary party. So we did that. That was fun. Um, that was good. Um, and just yeah, that that was good. I'm trying to think what else we've done this. I think that was it this weekend of doing things. Um, I can't remember what I did Friday night or in the week. Friday night I was at home. Yeah, 
I've even gigged this week. Don't feel like I have. Gigged on Monday. That's a secret gig. A secret, secret gig. No, actually, I think I'm allowed to say I'm doing the gig. I'm not allowed to say what if, who, how the results go. I won't even know how the results go because they don't tell us on the night. So, uh, yeah, in the BBC New Comedian uh, of the Year competition. This is a bit mad that I'm in that because I was also in it in 2019 or 2018. 2018. I was in it. Four years ago. They've changed the criteria. um, And because the way they've changed the criteria, I'm eligible for it. Because before, I think the first criteria was if you'd been going for five years. And then they changed it to if you... uh, have done club gigs before 20 uh paid club gigs before uh may 2019 which i hadn't i was like oh all right <laughs> then i'm oh then i'm eligible which is a bit nuts so i was like oh cool let's do it so we'll see how that goes probably get beaten by some guy who's only done three ever like three gigs in his life who cares you're gonna do it and fuck about um, what else has gone on this week? That um, that secret project that I said I was working on that's come to nothing, so I can tell you what it was. <laughs> As it goes, this is the world of show business. It's um, it was writing for the Russell Howard Hour, so I had a writing trial for that. Submitted my trial feedback was actually yeah some really good jokes in there however we're changing the direction we're going it was like yeah i used to see this in sitcoms so people would joke about how you have an opportunity in the show business and then they'll just tell you we're changing direction so when i got that email i was just like oh my god it actually happens (laughs) but we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean they've changed direction We'll see what other writing opportunities come about. It'd just be nice if you're told the direction change before you start writing. Because guess what? I would have wrote in that direction. I I followed the remit of the of you know what was sent to me. Then they changed direction between sending me that email and me sending a response to that email. But oh well. Generally not bitter. That's just how life goes. That's just the business of show. Show business, you see? If you want to make it big in this city, you see? You're going to suck some dicks, you see? You're sucking some dicks, yet, you see? Hey, you see? Um. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. I've got, um. I need to get on stage, but I've got this wild bit that I want to try out. Um. Let me just talk it through with you guys. Because that's how we do it in the pod. And then we'll say it on stage. Um, so the premise. I said, shall I say it on the pod? No, I shouldn't. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? This is a, a comedy club. This will just get some weirdo in years time will clip it up. Like, look, look what this guy said about these people. And I have to be like, that's my fault. That's my fault. Um... But I feel like I've started, so I should finish. Here it is. So the bit is is about how uh, 
No, actually, it won't, it won't work. It won't work if I talk about it. Sorry, I don't. I'm doing this. I'm being. I'm being a right cock tease. <laughs> I should do. Well, what's been going on in the world? Enough about me. What's been going on in the world? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the world. Someone tell me. Someone tell me what's going on in the world. Um. I don't know. Did I write any any notes about for the pod? Oh dear, podcast, podcast. No, that's from months ago. So no, I haven't wrote anything about the podcast. I started watching the internet's most hated man, um, Hunter Moore. I mean, about Hunter Moore, and Hunter Moore is an interesting character. I mean, the fir- I watched the first two episodes, two and a half episodes, but the first episode, the star of the first episode is Butthole Girl. Now, if you ain't watched The World's Most Hated Man, go watch it. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens, but there's a character called Butthole Girl. And you know when someone... You know we have got these like expose-type documentaries and they speak to the victims? Butthole Girl is one of the victims. And you remember, people, you can't victim-blame. But you're watching it, and you feel bad for her. And then she tells you more, and then you feel less bad for her but it's like but i can't victim blame then she tells you more and you're like damn this is hard not to victim blame right now but okay and then it gets to the end and you're like ah this dumb motherfucker <laughs> that's what happens you're like i'm, I'm on your side because you're the victim um he's not you just slowly lose empathy but it doesn't mean you sway towards the bad guy. A lot of times I watch these documentaries and I kind of have some kind of weird affinity to the bad guy. Yeah? In these documentaries. Because like, they do something so heinous. But they get away with it for so long. You're kind of just like, wow, well, I kind of slightly respect it. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about flipping pedos. Not them lot. But, you know... Like the fraudster, everyone loves the bloody financial criminal, don't they? Fraudster and embezzler. Money launderer. Everyone loves that guy. Everyone loves a big old drug dealer as well. You know what I mean? You're selling coke and weed on the street corner in nightclubs? I fuck off, you're a scumbag. You're destroying communities. But if you were just living fucking large and shipping millions of pounds of cocaine, man... And you just can't be stopped and you've been extradited and now you're flying in a private jet to your private island and no one can get you because you're out of the jurisdiction of the FBI and all that shit. You're like, who's the man? I idolise this guy. You know what I mean? Your Escobars, your Pablo Escobars, your Griselda Blancos, your, uh, who's the other one? Who's the other one? You know? I don't think it's El, El Chapo. He's not a drug dealer, is he? I can't remember. There's another one. I can hear you shouted it. Um, you know, it's a big one. Was Pablo Escobar the one who had the rhinos? And <laughs> he just destroyed the habitat of whatever country he lived in. But I'm talking about those guys. We love those guys. You know? You know, you watch a doc, like, crime documentary where they, they raid someone's house, but then it's like, they're not there. It's like, oh, they're one step ahead. You're like, I slightly want the guy to get away with it. Diamond um, fucking burglars. Yeah, so you rob someone's house, yeah? You're a scumbag and a violator. But you rob 
a rich person's house or a museum and you take a diamond that's worth 40 million dollars or a painting that's worth 60 you're just like oh these guys are fucking sick (laughs) oh dear but with this documentary the worst man, the most hated man on the internet. You don't look at this guy like he's so. He's like this guy's scumbag. Like, there's nothing cool about him. He's a loser. I just didn't like him. This is weird. There was no redeeming features about this guy. None. No charm. Nothing. Nothing. Right. Um. What else? What else has been going on? I've been watching TV, no. Um, uh, nope. Um, oh, let's see. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some just weird internet stuff I've seen. Uh, so there's talk about. Uh, so I saw two things. One was someone talking about. Um, the guy I think appeared on Good Morning Britain. He said he wouldn't give his seat up for a pregnant woman on the train or bus if she asked for it. <sighs> That's crazy. Let's let's just start off with that. What what's actually said? Um, that guy's an ass. He's he's definitely a full ass. I think he's a prick. Um, you, you should give up your seat for disabled. Yeah, for the Brockfoot. For the preggers and for the biddies. Should give up your seat for them. The preggers, the brockfoot and the biddies. Everyone else, first come first serve. Now it's that it's that scenario, guys and ass. But the debate spiraled into other scenarios. But people go, I hate it when I get on a train. And people don't offer a seat to a pregnant person. Or when I was pregnant, I'd get on the train. People wouldn't offer me a seat. Alright. Now, here's my thing. With these situations. You're okay to be upset. You're allowed to be upset. But when you tell me that you stand there. And I've seen it. You're the worst person. That you're on the train and you see a pregnant woman huff, puff, lug her big old pregnant self onto the train. And no one's got up to give her a seat. So what does she do? She stands there. Looking sad. And confused. And huffing. And puffing. And just goes. And rubbing her belly. And almost stumbling and falling. And then someone like four stops in. Gets up. Would you like a seat? Oh. Finally. It's good to see that there's some gentlemen still here. And it's just like, hey, yo, shut up. Because the time to open your mouth is when you came on the train and someone didn't give you a seat immediately. That's when you should just give the big old, excuse me, I'm pregnant. Can someone give me a seat, please? That's what should have been said. At that moment, not four stops down after the event. It's nice to say that some gentlemen, like, nah, shut up. The reason why this bothers me so much, because I understand people should offer their seat. Like I said, I'm one of the people who would offer their seat. But sometimes people fucking don't. All right. 
and you are pregnant and you're telling me you're going to risk your own unborn child's health for a game of principles and morals rather than just open your mouth to say someone get up you're going to be like I'm waiting for someone to do what they should do no and here's the thing that annoys me about it right because I know these very same people yeah the situation is important as this they're not going to open their mouth but these very same people when it comes to being at a bar you should imagine this scenario you stood at the bar barman's serving everyone else barman's even made eye contact with you serve someone else serve someone else serve someone else I bet you're going to go excuse me mate me next excuse me mate are you working and I bet you won't just stand by the bar, not ask anything, and huff and puff. Oh, 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 when is someone going to serve me? Oh, oh, oh. You know, you're in a shop. Enter a shop. Shop assistants all over the place. They're serving customers, but some look like they're standing around doing nothing. You're just there holding one shoe, one display shoe in your hand. It's not even your size. So you can't even try this one on. All you need to ask them for your size. You ain't getting anyone's attention. Who are you going to do? Stand in the middle of the shop going, ah, 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 when's someone going to serve me? Ah, ah, no, you're going to go up and say, excuse me, are you working? See, do you work here? Yeah, can I get these in a the size 8, please? Do you, you're going to push them out. Yet, when you're stood there pregnant, you're going to be like, ah, no. Start annoyed me. So you know if you, you're if you're pregnant, a Brockfoot or a Biddy, when you get on that train, yeah, look at those priority seats and go, hey yo. The one that kills me the most, though, right? Generalisation, but the people who are worst, the worst people sat in priority seats tend to be young women. Yep, they're the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst. I feel like, in general, you know, your older women, and when I say old, I'm not talking about old, I'm talking about older, like my age, 30, 30 and above, it's like, even some of them have had kids, some of them have been close to someone who has kids, so they know what it's like to be pregnant, they're like, they, they need to sit down, yeah? Men, in general, we've been told, you know, you give your seat up for other people, you hold doors over for other people, you know, all that kind of general social shit. But these young girls, they're in their 20s. Ignorant. Ignorant. And I was like, that could be you one day. Actually, all three of them could be you. The Preggers, the Brockford and the Biddy. Get up. You're sat in the priority seat. Because it kills me sometimes that people will literally come on, see the priority seats occupied by one of these women, and then look at me as a man sat next to the priority seat, like, gonna have your seat, please? No, you can't have my seat. Take their seat. They're in your seat, not me. Peace off. I'll tell them to get out of the seat if you want, but it ain't me. Mm-mm, no, no, I'm not getting up. I'm not sat at the party seat. See, so then, I'll gladly shout, hey, 
you want to see, do you? Pregnant was like, yes, please. I just nudged the guy the priority, mate, get up. She, she needs to see. But not me. No. Mm-mm-mm. No. Um. <laughs> that's what. That's my first one. Now, the other one was um. What was it? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I wish I was on a. Uh, wish I was free to go on um, ESN. Because I would have loved to speak to them about this one. Um. Oh God! Big yawn. Big yawn. Let's see. Um. Oh, I'm currently offline, of course. Let's get this play mode off. Um, come on, come on, come on. Where is it? This is it. Come on, come on, internet. You can do. You can do it. Post was. Oh, Jesus. Teach your son not to move in a woman's house. Get his own everything. Was the post. Teach your son not to move into a woman's house. Get his own everything. And the post is filled with damn right, 100% truth. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Big facts. Right? That I come along and say, hmm... (laughs) I'm asked, do I disagree? Yes. Not in principle. Not as a rule of thumb. I don't disagree. No, I don't. But here's the thing. The practicalities. You see, a lot of the times you see these flipping internet memes. Yeah. These these memes. And people take them as gospel. Like the real philosophy. A lot of this shit is written by a bunch of 19-year-olds. But they take this stuff. And they run with it. go, yeah. Mm-hmm, I agree. That's right. Get your own everything. They moved to a woman's house. And I was like, okay. Alright. Um, how does that work in 2022? Because let's really play this out. Right? Let's, let's say we're telling our sons, don't move to a woman's house. And I guess the, the, I guess the, the scenario is it's a woman he's dating. Or with. So I said, as a rule of thumb, don't disagree with it. But I asked a simple question like this, because I saw someone go, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay, wait. Does the man have to have his own place, or does he simply have to have somewhere else to go if the relationship breaks up?" And they're like, "Oh, just somewhere else to go." So he's like, "Oh, so he doesn't need his own everything then." Because here's the thing, to have your own everything, you're either renting, which isn't really yours. So that would mean that you're renting, the man's renting, the woman's renting, they're dating. Yeah. Do you know what? Go for it. Wait till your tenancies end, move in together, rent together. Makes perfect sense. But let's say this woman owns her house. Owns her place, flat, house, whatever. She owns it. She's got a mortgage. How does it work practically then? Is the man meant to go, hey, I ain't moving in with you though. She's like, okay, so what do we do? you got to move out of the place that you own and start renting with me. 
she's okay. Um, I mean, I've got a 10% mortgage, so I'm not allowed to rent it out yet. Just bought it. Yeah. All right. So you're now renting. You know, one of you own a property. You're now renting together. Brilliant. That makes perfect sense. That just sounds like prideful, absolute nonsense. Prideful nonsense. All right, let's say that he does save up to buy himself a place. On his own, because he's got to get his own. Uh, right, so let's say how it goes. How it usually goes is a woman can stay at home with her parents and not have any shame. Right, but a man um, stay at home with his parents. Yeah, he could. He could do that. Um or what's most likely is he's going to be like flat sharing because he wants to be in London. He wants to be the mix of things, yeah. So he's flat sharing until he's about 35. Then he gets his own place. Right? So now he's got his own place. Woo, big man. Brilliant. I don't need to move to a woman's house. I've bought my own place. Cool. Now you meet a woman. She's got her own place. Right. So you both own your places. Where are you going to live? Uh, someone's. Someone's house got to move into. It ain't moving into hers. It ain't moving into a woman's house. All right, cool. She moves into yours. Brilliant. She's now in your place. Changing all your shit up. <laughs> hey? She's changed all your shit up. She's renting out her place. Does she need to pay towards your mortgage now? Because you're the man. She, you've moved her out of her place. She was happy paying it. No, she's no, she's like, no, I ain't paying your mortgage. This is your place. You're just paying for it on your own. you got your own. You don't want me to have any claim to your place. So now she's renting out her place, obviously at premium. So she's getting more than the mortgage. She's making money off her place. But she's not paying anything towards you. Because you're the man. And this is my place. And if she starts paying towards it, no, she starts having too much of a say. No, my place. My fix. You know I mean, it's just it's not creating healthy relationships. Now, I get it as a rule of principle in the sense of, look, you don't move into a woman's house and be like, cool, foot up. There you go. Sorted. Don't need to do nothing. Don't need to do anything. No, no, no. It's about attitudes. You move into a woman's place. Cool, because it's the most sensible thing for you to do as a couple. But guess what? You take advantage of that in the sense of you pay half of the mortgage, reduce her bills or her outgoings. Hey, this is cheaper than you paying rent somewhere and you should start saving. And you're both saving, 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 saving because you've got a goal to either move in together and buy something together and sell, sell the flat. That's her deposit towards, you know, the house. Or maybe you're trying to buy somewhere on your own, buy it in a separate name. Don't get married yet. Guess what? Save on stamp duty if you do that. Maybe that's what you're trying to do. But guess what? You're in her place doing it. Or maybe you buy it together. Fine. Pull your money together. You have to sell the fact. Maybe you can keep it. Who knows? But it's just this, these ridiculous memes that I feel like only our culture, black people, have these issues. Where we just set these really weird obstacles for ourselves. Like any of my mates are white or Asian talking about, well, I've never moved into a woman's house. What? They'll be like, fuck it, it's sorted, mate. What? Yeah, it's got a two-bedroom house. Two-bedroom flat right in the centre of whatever town you live in. So, yeah, so we just live in there, mate. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, just live in there, mate. 
And then yeah, I I'll pay towards the house, whatever. I love her. That that's just, that's how like my black and Asian, not my white and Asian mates. It's like not even even my, my black mates are like that as well. Is in the sense of they they're not following these memes. But I'm saying the people who do these memes tend to be black. Just chatting nonsense, just these weird obstacles to a relationship. Never move into a woman's house, even if she literally has a house and you don't. Do you know how fucking crazy that is? Ah, anyway. Rant over. Let's get on to some, uh, dear Didri. Dear Didri. where are you, Didri? You're not Didri Rashid. Dear Sorry, I'm um right where is it it's taking a while to load oh come on dear dear my lover can't choose between me and her husband should i tell him the truth listen pussy boy shut your mouth eh play your position as side man properly you're on the wing Get out the box. Dear Deirdre, one minute my lover is packing the bags and about to leave her husband. The next she's having a wobble. This has been going on for 10 months and I'm tempted to take drastic measures. I'll tell you, mate, she won't be thankful for that. And trust me, you don't want it. You think you love her, but you don't. You love the danger. You love being in the danger zone. Um, I'm a 27-year-old man and my lover is 35 and married with a young son and daughter. Mate, you don't want it. Let us stay with a family and you just get the porn on. We met at work and got friendly on a work night out. Up until then, we'd been very flirty and nothing had actually happened. But on our night out, she told me she couldn't stop thinking about me. At the end of the evening, she suggested going on elsewhere to spend the night together. I took It took all my self-control, but I declined as I was living with my girlfriend of six years. Golly. Because I felt so guilty knowing I want this, wanted this woman so much I finished with my girlfriend I mean that is a noble thing to do my friend um you sure nothing happened though <laughs> that's because that's a weird thing because you could have just wanked that one out trust me you could have had a little uh, gone home have a little tug and you'd be like oh that blood from work is fit but jeez okay that's all that is got a girlfriend of six years love her but you fully went nah 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 Maybe you did. Maybe you tried to tug it out and then you just like post not clarity. It's like, I still like the girl from work. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Anyway, uh, my lover said she was going to do the same. Only there has never been a good time. Fair enough. Since then, we have spent nights together on work trips and I've completely fallen for her. She says she loves me too. What? What should have been a fling got very deep very quickly. One moment my lover hates her husband and is ready to leave him. Then she's on the fence. She switches from saying she can't keep away from me to needing space. I'm wondering whether to tell her husband so her affair is out in the open. My lover is horrified at the thought of me telling him. She says she doesn't want me to force her hand and has said she would not be able to forgive me if I did this. Damn right. She says if it wasn't for her kids we'd... Uh, we'd have been together months ago. I don't know whether to run the risk of exposing our affair. I feel I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. If I'm going to lose her either way, then I might as well. I might as well at least try. No, you prick. There's kids involved. 
I know that's for the woman to think about. She's one who's married with the kids. But, mate, don't. You, you think this is some romantic thing. How does this play out in your head? You tell her husband, and then her husband, what, takes the kids and goes, look, you can leave, but the kids are staying here. Fuck off, Mary. Just fuck off. You think she's going to come running to your flat, your dingy little flat? Eh? You think she's coming there? Crying on your shoulders? No, she hates you. Because you're the one who caused this. Yeah, she cheated on her husband and her family, but it's your fault. That's what she'll think. She'll be with her friends. She'll be calling you an arsehole. And she'll be working so hard to get back with Alan. Because that's his name, Alan. Alan and Mary. She's going to be trying so hard to get back with Alan. And Alan's just going to be like, fuck off, Mary. And she's like, I'll do anything. I'll I'll do anything. I'll let you you sleep with my sister. She's going to be desperate to get back with him. Because he's a good man. And a good father. You're just a thing from work, my friend. And they never gonna think of you as an arsehole from work as well. Everyone. He says it's not gonna work out for you, mate. So what you do, you just enjoy the side nons you're getting, and that's it. That's your portion, my friend. That is it. Uh right. Okay, let's see, let's see. Gone cold. Why does a woman who used to flirt with me all the time now walk straight by? Dear Digi, I thought I had built up a good rapport with a woman who works in my local shop. We would flirt every time we saw one another and now she seems to have gone cold. I feel like I've had this before. Um, and what probably happened in, the, in hindsight is you were flirting and she was just being nice. And then one day, in what she thinks is a nice conversation, you're thinking is a sexy flirt, she notices your erection. And she's like, I I don't want to talk to men who have erections in, in shops. So I'm just going to stop talking to this guy now. So that's what you got to think about, mate. Think about the last time you had a, an erection in a shop. Was she there? <laughs> Let's go. I'm 32, she's 29, uh, she has only been at the store for six months, but she invited me to a work dinner. Wow. When I arrived at the venue, all her colleagues were seated, but one guy who was sit- seated opposite this woman got up and moved so I could sit opposite her. I definitely felt like she was flirting with me, and she even pointedly bought me a cocktail called Hanky Panky. I saw her again a few days later as the shop was closing. I offered her a lift and waited outside in my car, but she walked straight past, totally ignoring me. I comp- I'm completely confused. Should I just walk away? Hmm. What happened? What happened there? She actually invited you to a work event. Hmm. Maybe you said something weird. Did you get a bit drunk? You get drunk and say something wild. Or maybe her enemy at work. Because you know that. Come on guys. It's sexist. But you know women have enemies everywhere. Yeah. Like, we, we, we listen to rap music. And rappers have got haters. You know fuck the haters. But women seem to just have haters everywhere. Just beef everywhere. Always got a problem with someone from work. Or someone. So whatever venue they frequent. 
there's someone they have an issue with. They have a best friend at that place and also have an issue with someone. Men, we just go to places and leave places and we just don't know anyone there. He's just a guy from the gym. There's this one guy from the gym. What's his name? I don't know. Do you have his number? Am I gay? <laughs> that's, that's us as men. I don't think gay men get other men's numbers. You know what I mean? Just, you just get on with someone. I mean, I'm sure they do if they're actually flirting and got sexual interest. But if they just get on with someone, it's like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting his number for. I don't know his name. It's just, yeah, he's, he's well all right. I say, I say hello to him each time I see him. I don't know his name. I know nothing about him. Whereas William's like, I'm going for a coffee with Eleanor. He's like, who the fuck is Eleanor? Uh, basically, this... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, the bakery I go to every Friday. Well, we've started a cake club. And now me and Eleanor... He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's got... She's got a kid. The same age as our kids. Now we're friends. <laughs> but Ella's got a friend called Ruth. And I think Ruth's my enemy. <laughs> it's like, your women's is crazy. Your women's is crazies. Real, real crazies. My wife's hairdresser's here. She's leaving. Um, but yeah. No, it's crazy because I think my wife's hairdresser does not. I record a podcast in the car. So now it looks like I'm probably speaking to my fancy woman in the car rather than in the house. Uh, which makes me look crazy. Makes me look proper booky. But that is not what's happening. I'm recording my pod, but she doesn't know. But guess what? My wife does know. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. Um... But um, what's I saying? Yes. So back to the dilemma. This woman, uh, I reckon her enemy from work, said something crazy about you. Just like, oh, your your friend, uh, Mike. Yeah. Huh. Can't believe he's got a wife. He's like, she's like, what? Yeah, he's got a wife. So now she's seen you. She's like, fuck you, Mike. You also sat there in your car like, hey, do you, do you want a lift? And she's like, fuck you. Why don't you give your wife a lift? And you're just like, what? She said that in her head, though. She hasn't said that out loud to you. You don't have a chance to respond. That's what happened, mate. I think that's it. I fixed it. Right. <laughs> one last one. All right, here we go. Let's go. Fight regrets. I said awful things to my girlfriend during the row, and now she won't take me back. <sighs> How low did you go, my friend? Because listen, and what was the awful thing? The truth. Because that's the thing. The awful thing you said was the truth. Then you guys have got to just face that up and really talk it out. You may have said it in a horrible way, but if it's the truth, you need to talk that shit out. But if it's not the truth and you said something really fucking spiteful and horrible and you just just you knew it just hurt her. Then you're a prick and just leave her alone. 
she won't take you back, then yeah, that's fine. That's that's the bed you made, my friend. Let's see. Let's get deeper into it. Let's go. Um, dear Deirdre, during the row, I called my girlfriend lazy and ignorant. Uh, we split up and she won't have anything to do with me now. I don't blame her, but I can't stop thinking about the things I said. They just came out in the heat of the moment. Although I apologise at the time, it wasn't enough to save a relationship. I'm a man of 26, my ex is 24. We were together for just over a year. I am wondering how to properly apologise. I don't mind if we don't date again. Ah, oh, fair enough. I just want her in my life, so I need to make sure she knows how sorry I really am. Um, Mate, you call her lazy and ignorant, but is she though? If she's not, then just say why you said it. Just say why you said it. Like, ah, oh, look, I just got frustrated. Bada bing, bada boom. And just say that shit. Just apologise from the heart. But I'm telling you, man, if you actually meant it, just, hey, then be done with that lazy, ignorant woman. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, so yeah, people, that's it this week. What am I doing? Um, gigs wise, like I said, Monday BBC stuff. Uh, I think Saturday, um, Angel Comedy Club, and then Sunday, um, at uh, Rich's thing in in Croydon, gig in Croydon. I can't remember what it's called, but that should be fun. So yeah, we'll see how it all goes, people. Um, that is the end of the pods. I need to go and have a shower, wash my skin. Um, Because I just came back from the gym. Uh, That's it, people. Peace!